Okay. Here we are. Here we are. Good job, Tyrus. I'm proud of us. We also held down a full-time job and slash grad school, school for both of yeah. us. Oh my god, we yeah. went through so many changes in life. Happy an- happy anniversary, Tars. Happy anniversary. Love you. One year. <laughs> One Love year. you. <laughs> One year. Um, wait, so if you're just tuning in and uh, you're wondering what's going on, it's been exactly one year since Tars and I recorded our inaugural episode, and we're so inaugural. happy to be here 16 episodes later. Yeah. I didn't believe in us. I should have believed in us. I know, I didn't think we'd make it a whole year. That I feel or or I thought we would we would still be doing it, but it wouldn't be as frequently as we've done it. But this has yeah. become honestly tires without I don't want to get emotional, but this has been this is like the most fun thing I do. It's so much fun. Me too. I love it Me too. so much. But then also to like hear that people like what we're talking about and they resonate with what we're talking about and then to even hear that people are learning from what we're talking about like that feels so good yeah it's a good time to be a brown person I think yeah because I do feel like with like subtle curry traits and subtle curry girl traits and all these things and like I think our podcast is part of that of just like helping people feel like they are heard and like that people are thinking the same things that they are, which is, like, important because it's isolating. If I didn't have you to talk about some of this stuff with, I feel like I would just be very angry yeah. in the silo. Exactly. I feel the same way. Oh my gosh, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> oh! oh, this is emotional. It's but not over, though. It's, it's just not, the it's not. This is just the first anniversary, so. Well, <laughs> shall we get started, Tars? Yes, let's do it. Okay. All right. We got to cut this this segment unless people start calling us yeah. on the lies that we told. Yeah. So lies we told, you guys probably forgot it's even a segment because apparently we haven't been telling any lies, which is like good for us, right? Moving on. <laughs> okay. This is good. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is good. Okay. So we like to do our lingering thoughts next, which is where we kind of sum up some thoughts that we didn't really cover in our last episodes or we, that developed since our last episode slash that are completely new and random altogether. And I think this week we have more of the latter, right? So the first one, on a very not serious note, is um, Kumail Nanjiani. Has anyone seen his body? Because I think everyone has <laughs> at this point. So... Uh, in case if you don't know who that is, he is a Pakistani-American um, comedian and um, who's been like, Silicon Valley, and he had his own movie, The Big Sick, which he, I think, co-wrote, right, and mm-hmm. possibly produced. Um, he had to get... He's a new Marvel character, right? Is that what it is? In the Eternals, yeah. And he had to get super jacked for it, which he posted some uh, shirtless like pics of him, and it's like I don't thirst know, trap is the official legal okay, definition. Thirst trap. 
But then I think it was also sweet that he posted, I mean, like, obviously it's a thirst trap, but then he posted, like, this really, like, real um, paragraph about how, what the process was like of getting there and how if he hadn't had, like, a whole year of time to, like, get to where he needed to be, didn't have, like, the best trainers and dietitians and nutritionists, like, watching his every move for that whole year, like, that would have not been possible. So, like, good for him for, like, telling them what it's really like, but also, like, thirst trap. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cute how excited he is by, yeah. like, his body. Yeah. Like, he's, like, so... And I thought it was really funny that, like, a million celebrities commented on this Instagram, and they were all like, congrats, Emily. <laughs> <Jordan>. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. So um, do we have any brown people in... I mean, we have so few brown people in, like, Western media, especially men, who are, like, kind of, like sex symbols or like no they are starting as like comedians because the way to be a brown person primarily in the media is to start as a comedian because yeah. you don't have to look good to be a comedian yeah. or whatever. you don't have to look like conventionally good right just white um but this is kind of like a back route to like it's like a it's like a backdoor entrance yeah. to be like you know <laughs> infiltrated through comedy and now he's here a diversion, but an important one. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. good job, Camille. Yeah, proud of you. <laughs> okay. Um, so, our last two lingering thoughts. One, which we'll get into a little bit more later, but um, this was actually kind of unfortunate timing. So, uh, Mindy Kaling, who we know and love and I've talked about on this podcast, um, used her, is really using her star power for, like, Indos recently, yeah, or like brown people. She's, she, I it's think like she's listening awesome. to our podcast. I think she is. Honestly, she is because in this past year, as we've just acknowledged, it's only a year. Her transformation from like kind of like not really an ally to like the number one yeah. ally has been very, very stark. So we love her and we love what she's done. Um, and she took this to the next level with uh, Kamala Harris a few weeks ago where Kamala was doing really well in the polls at one point and was like maybe in the third or fourth place. Yeah. And then um, sunk pretty rapidly. Yeah, like <laughs> truly like overnight bottom of the ocean yeah Yeah. and so um Mindy actually stepped in and made this video with her to basically appeal to the brown population was like what it was yeah and they made food together they made was it those yeah they made those together and they like she Mindy brought out all her spice containers and it was super cute I loved watching it it was really cute, and it was, like, I don't know, it made me love Kamala even more as, like, a... I know she has, like, you know, things in her record that are problematic, but, like, as just, like, an Indian or half-Indian woman on the, like, gigantic stage of, like, U.S. politics, it was just, like, really exciting and affirming. Because also I think Kamala doesn't lean into her Indian heritage as much. Um, yeah. Maybe she identifies with it less, or maybe she, like it's not as electable, both valid reasons. Um, but she, it was really exciting because her mom who raised her was like Indian from India, Mm -hmm. um, like an immigrant. And so it was really exciting to see her kind of lean into that a little bit. Um, and like bond with Mindy and it was really cute. It was really And they seemed really like genuinely to get along. Yeah. Uh, but then like (laughs) literally the next day, I think, or maybe two Two days days later, (laughs) Kamala dropped out of the race. So that was like a 
I would have loved to see the stats on like how her polling numbers improved with this Mindy video because it persuaded me. It persuaded me too. I was like, oh, she's cool. <laughs> Never in my wildest dreams, like twenty-seven years ago, would I have thought that. Oh my god! Like one day I'll be like watching TV and it'll be like these two celebrities making dosa. So that's pretty cool. A separate thing that I want to explore is, like, what is Mindy's relationship with her brother like? Because it was, like, a very familial vibe, but I feel like the Mindy that we see on her Instagram and Twitter and stuff is very much, like, Mindy and her friends. Yeah. They're, like, predominantly white friends. But, like, seeing her with Kamala made me feel like, oh, like, this is how she'd be, like, with an auntie or, like, you know, like like an Indo family, which is also a side of Mindy that I really loved seeing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, all good things there. All good things. That was lovely. Sad the Kamala's out now. Yeah. And the debate stage is almost exclusively white. So then the last thing in our lingering thoughts, our first section, um, is uh, about Aladdin. So we did an episode about Aladdin. We liked it way more than we expected. To like, this, We talked about Aladdin and how um, people were being really annoying about how people were seeing Aladdin instead of Booksmart because they were like, oh, like Aladdin's just like a giant blah, 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 blah. And I was irritated because I was like, Aladdin actually was a big deal for me and for us, I think, because it was like a mostly brown film and it was really good, I thought. Like it was like enjoyable, it was funny, and it was exciting to see so many brown people that aren't cartoons and voiced by white actors um on the big screen and making a ton of money um it made one billion dollars but then of course we can't have nice things and the star of aladdin mana masood said that he has not been able to get any parts since starring yeah aladdin. or like he hasn't even gotten auditions. auditions yeah that's what's wild to me he was really good in that movie he was the best yeah, part of that movie he totally carried the movie i mean like will smith was literally not trying Naomi Scott Scott was actually really good, but you saw the movie that she was in recently, and she wasn't very good in it, right? She was awful. Actually, I feel like she's gotten a lot of roles, because she's, like, she's also... She's white passing. She's so beautiful, but she's half white. She's white passing. So, like... Um, She can play characters, like, the name of her character in this... It's Carly's Angels. Elena. Her name is Elena Hoglin. Like, yeah. And I don't think twice about it. Like, sure, that's... No. So I think that, like, she, and I'm excited for her to be doing well, except she was awful in Charlie's Angels. I saw it with someone who was like, oh, my God. Like, it was a bad movie for a lot of reasons. It was fun, but, like, she almost (laughs) single-handedly ruined it. Partially, maybe her character was written badly, but she was, like, so So bad, too. Okay. Yeah, it was, like, Kristen Stewart was actually surprisingly amazing, and the other girl was okay, but, like... Naomi Scott was supposed to be, like, this, like, genius scientist who's, like, really earnest or whatever, mm-hmm. and she was, like, the most annoying, like, <laughs> I wanted. But sad. But. Okay, so she's gotten parts, and I'm sure she's probably gotten more auditions, especially because of Charlie's Angel, even though that flopped, mm-hmm. right? Like, it tanked. But then this poor guy, Mina Masood, like, hasn't gotten anything. Yeah. And, like, Okay, to be fair, he was literally an unknown before he was cast, but he was so good in Aladdin. Like, why isn't he getting auditions, at least? And so, yeah, racism. Racism. 2K19. Racism. 2K19. Oh my god, we're going to be 2020! We're taking racism into the next... All right. So, should we get on Moving on to section two. Yeah, the best part of our episode. And since it is the anniversary episode, we got to acknowledge that... We are not the only ones celebrating an anniversary. It's true. <laughs> um, 
so this is Nick Yonka Watch 2K19, which is where we delve into the lives of Priyanka Chopra Jonas and Nick Jonas. And Priyanka Chopra Jonas is the funniest name of all I time. Know, so, like, <laughs> it really is. Yikes. Yikes, yeah. They got married over a year ago, which means that we lost all the bets that we made a year ago. And yep. they are still together. Okay, wait. Tell us what you learned. Oh, my God. Okay, Rab's so. got some straight-up, real, from-the-source information. Like, up. this, someone write an article about this because this is, like, <laughs> legit so like, information. Yeah, this is literally fresh off the press. So I was in an Uber recently, and <laughs> my Uber driver and I started chatting. And he, it turns out, uh, is a part-time Uber driver, part-time... Uh, employee of Air India, so he has been able to meet a lot of celebrities, because as I'm sure you know, a lot of celebrities, a lot of Bollywood stars and like Indian politicians fly Air India, um, and so basically he has first-hand accounts of like all these celebrity encounters, and he had the selfies, he had the receipts, so, like, I know that he wasn't just yeah, making it up. Receipts. Yeah, he was like, here's my <laughs> selfie with this guy. And he basically was like, yeah, I met all these Bollywood stars, and so I was like, who's the nicest? Who's the meanest? And he basically... Who'd he say? Who'd he say? So, he says the meanest is Katrina Kaif, which, um... Well, so obviously. So obviously, yeah. Like, she has, like, bodyguards everywhere she goes, and, like, she does not want to talk to anyone. Like, if you have to communicate to, with her, you have to communicate through her bodyguard. So, Wait, did I tell you about how I saw her at that taping? Oh, you did! You did, you did! Yeah. Was she mean? And she was so mean. Yeah, she yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. So, like, literally no one's surprised by that. He also told me some, like, cricket players who, like, if this means anything to you. He said, Brohit Sharma has a uh, an attitude problem and Virat is, like, <laughs> trying to become, like, Rohit. So, those are the things. Really? Those are the two things that he said about that. But then, he was like, other Bollywood stars I've met include Nick Jonas, which is lol, and <laughs> Priyanka Chopra. And he had a selfie with Nick Jonas, and he said that apparently both of them are super rude to, like, the help on the plane, like the mm-hmm, stewardesses mm-hmm. and uh, the people at the gated agents and stuff like that. Um, and Nick, specifically, was really rude to him. But he still <gasps> got a selfie with him, so, like... I don't know. He said rude and mean. Those are the words that he described. No, that's, I mean, that's like real It's like, goss. it's real goss, yeah. That's for sure. We'll give him that. Um, I think the rest of the stuff we have is like kind of not that substantial, no. so we'll go through it quick. Yeah. But, of course they're capitalizing on their one year anniversary with a like, I think that they're trying to be like Mindy, who did that whole like talent search for her new Netflix mm. show and got these like amazing Indian actors kind of out of nowhere. Priyanka and Nick are doing kind of a similar thing, but, like, any couple who's getting married in the next year is going to be on their, like, they're going to throw them a Sangeet, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But it's, like, weird on reality TV, and I think, like, she, but the way she framed it was, like, I want to help, like, the Indian community or something. It was, like, wait, what? By, like, throwing them a giant party? Like, yeah, I don't Exactly, I don't. and it's, like... And then what were the hashtags she used when she announced it? It was like, happy one year anniversary, baby. It's our first together. We want to share this amazing experience with couples set to be wed. So if you're engaged and married, blah, 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 blah. Hashtag representation matters. Hashtag cross-pollination. Hashtag cultures blending. (laughs) (laughs) And this picture that they use is hilarious because it's like her looking like, 
so good. And him looking like such a dweeb. Which, like, she does that all the time. She'll be like, happy birthday, Kevin Jonas. And it's, like, a picture of her with him, like, a quarter of his face in it. Yeah. Or, like, love my uncle. She literally, she did that to her uncle once. She's like, love you, mama. And then it's, like, a literal quarter of his face is in the picture. It's her. Oh my god, yeah. she is TM. TM, truly TM. Um, oh yeah, okay, so quickly. Okay, other random things about Oh them. yeah, um, one year anniversary, she got him a dog, she called him Hermitus. That is, I don't think she knows who, like, does she know how that ends? It wasn't in like a, <laughs> yeah, that, that too. But like, it was just like, <laughs> I love you, my Midas. Like, did he do something that was like, oh wow, he has a Midas touch or something like that? Something, maybe it was like a Jumanji post or something. Yeah, lol. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite thing about that you, that Rav's found, was like, we always comment on her photo quality, how it's like iPhone 3 quality photos. That? You know she has a contract with Pixel? Yeah. That she has to use a Pixel phone, but like, I don't know, maybe she like doesn't know how to, I don't know, but it looks like iPhone 3 quality and then... Rouse found a comment on one of her <laughs> terrible Instagrams. It's like, were these pics taken on a potato? <laughs> <laughs> Which I wish I had the creativity to comment Yeah, that was a good comment. We will not be talking about them again in 2019, guys. Nikyanka Watch 2K19 dies here. <laughs> so, our next segment, which is one of our favorite segments, is... Thoughts from our friends, or our friends have thoughts. And we actually got some great thoughts this week, as we always do, um, yeah. from a few familiar faces. In our last episode, we talked about um, Karvachot and, like, various Indian-slash-Hindu customs that essentially punish women for being women in order to prolong the lives of their husbands, which is bad. But Anj, um, and she brought up this, like, even sadder part that apparently like when you have children you have to add weight to the toe rings like you add either like more toe rings or like add like things to it to make them heavier it's just wild like now not only are you responsible for the life of your husband also the responsible for the life of your children and you carry this burden with you every day and just awful and you should be reminded of it every time you step move yeah yeah (laughs) So she started the hashtag, hashtag F the toe rings, and honestly, like, that needs to go. That needs to, that needs to be trending. Yeah. yeah, it really does. Oh, she also had a nice comment about Jamila. Do you want to share that one? Yeah. Yeah, she, so, um, Anja's an authentic Brit. She spent a lot of, um, her early formative years living in the UK, and so when we talked about, uh, Jamila Jamil, who was, uh, in a bit of a hot hot water last episode because she was like talking about how she didn't realize all the terrible things that Bush did when she defended Ellen because she was like oh I didn't realize we were just so you know we had our own horrible person in charge in the UK didn't realize and Anj goes um (laughs) she goes when she tried to be like I lived in the UK and I didn't know about Bush I was screaming in my car I was in middle school and I knew Bush was evil hashtag telling lies yeah <laughs> I love love it love it so we had firsthand account that that is just like factually not possible so also like Jamila there's a whole country of people who are British who can fact check you like yeah. what what are you doing yeah. okay so then this next thing that we want to talk about was um listener K who we love dearly, uh, 
messaged us about how exciting it was to see, uh, which we talked about a little bit earlier with uh, Kamala and Mindy, how exciting it was to see brown people interacting with other brown people. Um, and how, to your point, Rouse, in the show note, like, tokenism prevents this from happening to a real extent. So, like, oftentimes in shows or in media or even in, like, a panel, they will have one person who represents a subgroup. Like, if there was a brown person, they would be the one brown person. And you would never have, like, um, Priyanka and Mindy on a panel together. That would be, like, over-representation of yeah. browns. Mm-hmm. So... Um, she pointed out that there's also, I haven't seen this. Do you want to speak to the Hassan and Tan France? Yeah. So Hassan Minaj, comedian, and Tan France, uh, one of the guys on Queer Eye, who is like a fashion consultant, I guess you could say. Stylist. He's a stylist. (laughs) That's the word. Um, he, they, the two of them did a little bit for Hassan's show where he, kind of gives him, Tan gives Hassan some, like, fashion advice, and I, I think it was, like, one of the first clips I'd ever seen of, like, two brown people talking about, like, things that it meant to be brown, like, Hassan calls Tan out, because his real name's, like, Thunveer, he's like, why are you, why are you going by Tan, and, like, Tan explains it, he's like, well, I grew up in the UK, and, like, people made fun of my name, and this was just easier, and, like, I feel like I'm a better person as Tan than I am as Thunveer, and, like, like, at least, like, huh. they talk about it, you know? And then, yeah. um, like, obviously Tan is giving him, like, some, like, expensive clothing items. And then Hassan goes, like, all <laughs> Indian uncle on him. And, like, it's really cute. And, like, it was an interaction that I feel like I'd witnessed just growing up with seeing, like, two brown people talk to each other. But, like, to see two celebrity brown people talking about yeah. things that, like, I would talk about with my friends. Like, that was pretty cool. And I do think that there's more of this with, like, kind of the Crazy Rich Asians thing, where there's a movie kind of all dedicated to, and The Farewell, which is Aquafina's movie as well, more, like, American Western movies that are kind of centered on one certain, quote-unquote, overrepresented minority interacting with each other. And I know that, like, Crazy Rich Asians was so exciting for so many people because of that, because they were like, this is real, and you're seeing all these people interact. But that hasn't really happened for brown Brown. people in the same way. Exactly. But I hope it does. And then, want to talk to the last thing? Oh, yeah, last thing. Uh, Rachel wants us to make swag. So, I say we follow through. What do we make? I kind of want a sweatshirt. I think sweatshirt's, like, a good, solid first swag item to make. Okay, anyway. Okay. Anyways. Should we move on yeah. to our main event? Okay, yes. Which is a kind of sharp contrast from... Oh, yeah. Like, the Hard lightness pivot. of what we've been talking about. But it would be, like, it would be so wrong for us to, like, not spend some time talking about this. And so I feel like we have yeah. to do it. And it's so important. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. So today, the main topic of our episode is... Uh, about the events that have transpired in India since we last recorded an episode and that have been kind of, like, building up to, I think, for a long time. Um, yes. And it's mainly about the Citizenship Amendment Act. CAB. How does that stand for? Because oh, it's a bill, I guess. It's a bill that hasn't been oh, signed. Oh, yeah. In, yeah, I guess that doesn't... It, it hasn't... Could be in Hindi. Yeah, it hasn't been signed into law yet, but... 
Yeah. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with what's been going on there, which I feel like also it hasn't been getting the most amazing Western media coverage, which is sad, and yeah. that's something else that we can talk about in of itself. Um, but we will give you a quick recap of what's going on as we understand it and then tell you about some of the horrible things that have happened in the last couple of days. Do you want to start, Tars? Sure. Um, so, I think that probably everyone listening is aware that, um, kind of globally we've seen a move towards populism, and, uh, India is no exception. Um, so while there's a lot of kind of racial and racism dynamics in the U.S. that we've talked a little bit about on this podcast, in India there's not a ton of racial diversity. I mean, there is, but it's, it's less, like black and white and more uh, based on religion and caste. And so a lot, a lot, a lot of the kind of um, discrimination that happens in India is against Muslims. Yeah. Which actually make up, there are 200 million Muslims in India. And for context, there are 327 million people in the entire United States. So it's not a small population. I think it's like 17% or something like huge. And another important like distinction is that the reason that there is like really tension between Muslims and Hindus is the British like the British when they pieced out which we talked about in a previous episode created this Muslim state of Pakistan and this Hindu state of India and separated it and caused a ton of just violence genocide at the sort of border um crossing point where Muslims and Hindus were fleeing from their respective lands and um we talked about this my family was in what is now Pakistan, and my grandfather was born in what is now Pakistan, and families lost everything and had to switch. But anyway, this is totally manufactured British nonsense of, like, I think, creating a lot of this tension. Mm-hmm. Um, but it worked, and uh, there there is this, this very much uh, discrimination against Muslims in India that's gotten significantly worse with the rise of the BJP party and Modi and the... Um, I guess the kind of Hindutva philosophy, yeah. which is uh, like a Hindu very much. fundamentalist nationalist policy, and like this, the BJP very heavily aligns themselves with those ideas. Um, I, I I feel like there's like Indian politics are so complicated, and I didn't really understand much of it until very recently, and I still don't think I know very much about what exactly is going on, but. Modi recently got reelected. Um, his party has been in power for the last like half of a decade. Is that how long it's been? Has it been that long already? Oh Maybe my gosh! Maybe not. It feels like that. It's been a few years. It does. It feels like a few years. So uh, the so what exactly happened over the last couple of weeks? The government uh, passed a bill or wrote a bill, I guess, that essentially is focuses on the like illegal immigrants that are in India and basically how to grant them citizenship versus uh, essentially kicking them out of the country. And they wrote the CAB, which is that citizenship amendment bill that essentially like fast tracks citizenship for primarily religious minorities. So they're looking at people who have allegedly been persecuted who are from non- Muslim backgrounds. It's specifically like the language says that who have been in India since December of 2014, I think, who are from either Afghanistan, Bangladesh, or 
Uh, Pakistan. Pakistan. It's only yeah. these three countries, and you have to have been there 2014 onwards, and you're either Hindu, Sikh, Buddhist, Jain, Parsi, or Christian. And, like, that's it. conveniently leaves out anyone coming from a Muslim country. Which, like, as we talk about, there are 200 million Muslims in India. This is obviously yeah. very intentional. And, like, all of this, like, nonsense aside, like, it is um, against the constitution of India, which is, as Rabs pointed out, like, India is a secular democracy. That is, like, the point of India. Yeah. Um, and the Indian constitution is very clear about not making religion a criteria for citizens. The Indian Indian constitution is like heavily based off of the American constitution, the French constitution, and the British constitution. Like they purposely wrote it to like combine the best of all these other countries in secular democracies, you know? It's like morally wrong, but it's also like illegal. So anyways, there's like different shades of how bad this whole thing is. I mean, I if, if it wasn't clear what side of this we debate were we on. land. I don't I think, think there are two, are there two sides to this? This is like the exact same thing. I don't know. I feel like this is important for like anyone who has family members who are like pro Modi, which I know I do yeah. and are like very do. like Hindu and don't understand like why this is wrong. Like this is almost identical to the Muslim ban that Trump tried yeah. to do. And like that was so yeah. obviously wrong. Like this is even more egregious than that. Um yeah. The just to give you, I guess, like a sense of like who else is in the like this party besides Modi. There's this guy named Amit Shah who you may like hear his name. He is the home minister, and he has just years and years of like on the record evidence of saying horrible things about Muslims. He has expressed no like condolences when bad things happen when Muslims are killed. He's called them termites before. Um, and he is one of the major proponents of this bill, and he claims that Muslims are not won't be like affected by it because they have never been persecuted, <laughs> or they're not the ones oh being persecuted God. in these lands. Which, like, also, first of all, just like limiting it to those three countries, like that's weird, right? Like, there's so yeah. many other nations surrounding India where, like, I'm sure there are people who would love to come as refugees to India. Like, what about Sri Lanka? Exactly, yeah. exactly, right? And, I mean, so this dude, Amit Shah, he's, like, the face of this. Modi definitely is, too. But, like, he has said some really, truly horrible things. And, I mean, we'll go into what Modi has said, too. It's equally bad. Um, but it's, like, if you read it, the the bill is, like, they use words like sanctuary and refuge and, like, look at this. Like, we're yeah. doing this, like humanitarian humanitarian good for all these people but at the same time you're like discriminating literally against millions of people you can't do that it's like gas right gaslighting in a bill yes, like it's exactly. like they're pulling like liberal like trigger words or like liberal like fluffy words and like masking like a really discriminatory bill yeah it's like <sighs> Scary and dangerous, and... Okay, so the other piece that we should probably talk about is um, NRC, which... Yeah, so basically what... I guess, yeah, we should definitely talk about it. So basically what this bill, it, like, mandates that people, in order to get this, like, fast-track citizenship, you have to pass something called the NRC, which Mm. is basically, like, a citizenship test where you prove 
that you are, uh, like, of the religion that you are. Which is, like, first of all, how do you prove a religion? Mm. Can someone explain is this Is it a to religion you? test? It essentially is, because if you prove, like, documents, oh, right? Like, so, sorry, sorry, the NRC stands for National Registry of Citizens. Um, uh-huh. And it basically is just, like, doc- you, you have to show documentation of, like, who your family was and, like, your genealogy, essentially, for on the basis of, like, screening out what your religion is. Mm. So if you pass that test, then, yeah, sure, you can get this fast-track immigration, but guess, like, who's not passing that test? Mm. Yeah. It also puts, like, all of these people who are coming from, like, poor rural communities, many of whom are refugees, right? Like, that's the point mm. of this. Who don't have the documentation, right? So, like, how are they going to ever yeah. get documents that you need from, like, 30, 40 yeah. years ago, right? If you're trans, it doesn't recognize that because you mm. have documents that are, like, of a different gender from what you are now. Mm. So, those are, like, illegal. They are void, essentially. It puts so many people who are already marginalized in even more vulnerability, it's, uh, it's making me so mad just talking about it. It sounds like they're just trying to purge the country of anyone who is Muslim. Yeah. Which, I, I don't know, I want, I want to get back to talking about this. Like, how do you prove your religion? Like, if I had to go on the street tomorrow and convince 100 people that I'm Hindu, I don't know how I would do that. I Like, like what yeah. religion means to you? Especially, I feel like, in our generation, that like, people who have, like, been exposed to like many different cultures and you've lived in a num- like a variety of places like your religion yeah. is only one part of who you are like I don't think I would describe myself as like oh I'm Rabs a Hindu woman you know like there are so <laughs> many other adjectives that would come before that and I mean obviously yeah. that's not the case for like groups from all socioeconomic classes but to pr- proving your religion is not like it's there's no litmus test for it like so I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something you can do, even. I mean, the only way to really do it is, like, kind of, like, the terrorist way, which is, like, either you're a devout version of this religion and you, like, can pass the, like, devout test or you're not worthy. Yeah. And, like, that is not what religion is. I mean, I think it's a slippery slope because then it's, like, do you know, like, the Gita by heart or whatever or are you an infidel? (sighs) I, so we read something about how if you're not part of the registry and you if you if you can't prove that you are a citizen, um, you are put in a detention oh, camp, right. very much a concentration camp, and deported. Which people gotcha. have died. I think I read yesterday in the Washington Post like 28 people have already died in these detention camps. Detention camps, which is and again, it's like some people who have been here for decades yeah. and just don't have the ability to, especially because they like BJP claims to be the party that like is not corrupt and looking out for the poorest people. Like, if you are truly, like, if you've ever been to India and you've seen what poverty looks like in India, there, no one is carrying around documents from, like, ten years ago. You're, you could be living on the streets. Like, there's no, you don't have a safe where all your information is locked up or, like, backed up to the cloud or whatever. Right, exactly. And yeah, I think you hit on a really important point. Some of these people who they're trying to kick out have been there for decades and are contributing to society in whatever capacity they are and, more importantly, are safe. Like, and they wouldn't be safe if they went back home. So, I don't know. That's just... 
And my question is, like, what is the thing? Like, what is this, like, a population control thing? Like, what is the threat yeah. that we're, like, warding so off? So Amit Shah, he gave this, like, other part of the interview was all about, like, how they're trying to prevent everyone from coming into India and, like, how we can't just accept, who? like, any... Who is coming into <laughs> India? They have a brain drain problem. Right, exactly. But, like, I think... They're really worried that, like, especially, like, a lot of Bangladeshi people are coming into India and, like, taking jobs from, like, other, like, workers. Um, And that's going to, like, put more Indian citizens at risk for unemployment. And, like, I don't know. It's just... It's the same... It's the same rhetoric everywhere. It's the same rhetoric. Yeah, exactly. It's the same exact what's going on in the U.S. And, like, we see clearly why it's wrong here. And so, I don't know. I, I... This is, like... I think this is even worse because we haven't even started talking about the protests yet, which... Oh, yeah. That's, like, the main this story. Is like, in this secular the fact that democracy. people aren't taking this sitting down. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Like, obviously people are upset, and obviously people have been protesting, but in this secular democracy, apparently peaceful protest is not allowed, and the extent to which the police have attacked peaceful protesters... Like, let's just go through some of these events that have happened. It is absurd. Um, I was reading, like, so they're obviously using, like, water cannons, uh, tear gas, beating people. Uh, They've used... Beating people? Yeah, stun grenades. Two two students who were protesting at university lost both their hands. Um, there are many people who've been beaten in the head or in critical condition in the hospital. Um, and I think you were telling, you were, you, you, you were typing about it earlier, of how they use tear gas in like people's dorms and library where they were hiding from the police. Tear gas when they were like in hiding, like not doing anything. This was like really, this was a, this was a few days ago, but this was in, um, JMI University, which is I think a predominantly Muslim university, but it's a federal university federal university um and they yeah fired tear gas on students who were hiding from the police in their dorms it was a peaceful protest and then there were claims that the police were uh language warning were yelling sluts and traitors at women and chasing them as they ran to the library from shelters and amnesty international is like actively calling on the government to um look into uh police officers this claim that police officers were sexually harassing female students which is like Amnesty International is called, like, this is, like, this is real stuff. And also, obviously, the government is not going to do anything about it. So the official count is that six people have died, but it sounds like it's probably many more. And I think, to be honest, like, I wouldn't say that my friends from India are the most politically active. Mm -hmm. Like, when Modi was elected, like, when Trump was elected, for instance, like, everyone was, like, you know, up in arms, getting yeah, involved yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I didn't really see that from my friends in India, but now I definitely see it. Like people are like yeah. posting all over social media. People are hosting protests. People are vocal about like yeah. how like this was the last straw in a lot of ways. Which is sorry. No, no, no. There are also like a lot of diaspora protests, like in the U.S. and Europe yeah. and stuff too. Which I mean, I, I think it speaks to how bad this is. Interesting. That they didn't expect it, it seems like. Like, they, because I guess they have been, you know, pursuing a policy, an anti-Muslim policy for a really long time with their whole, like, cows are sacred thing and um, literally lynching people for Eating beef, beef for having beef yeah. um, and all this, like, terrible stuff. But I think they just didn't realize that it was, like, the rage was building and this is, like, the the true 
the two final thing. And so um, it's really exciting that not exciting. It's good that people are 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 fighting back and are sort of like this is not the India that I believe in. But it's also terrifying to see the. I mean, it it feels a lot like Hong Kong in a lot of ways, yeah. right? But worse. But, yeah. Yeah. This it's yeah. Um, Nobody should die while protesting. This the police brutality is like adds a whole another dimension of um just like th- th- you, this country you cannot call yourself a democracy if you let stuff like that happen. No. And then also um I heard reports of like the wireless network being cut in sites where the protest yeah. was too, which is yeah. like that is a tactic that the BJP has employed multiple times before when they in Kashmir, in Kashmir too. yeah, they just like cut them off like so that they couldn't communicate and voice their opinions. So like that how is that a democracy? No, that's not democracy. That's like a yeah, that's a that's a surveillance state. Exactly. Like you're not allowed to communicate. I don't know. It's very scary. Um, yeah. And Modi has been active on Twitter saying things that sound very Trumpy. Like, super Trumpy. This- yeah. He, on the day that they, it was, sorry, I'll, you should read this because this one no, is no, so no. bad. But the day that they announced the bill, he, his, the first tweet he had was like, a great day for all Indians. We will like strive uh. to protect everyone from danger. Like something like that. No, but, like, yeah, so he has this, like, whole Twitter thing. His Twitter, I haven't really looked at it before. His Twitter is weird. Yeah. Um, but this, he had this thing that was, like, um, his tweet is, this is the time to maintain peace, unity, and brotherhood. It is my appeal to everyone to stay away from any sort of rumor-mongering and falsehoods. Basically, like, fake news. And he has all these things about Congress is, like, leading to fake to rumors to be spread, and they're dividing us, and blah, 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 blah. It's like, this isn't Congress, bro. This is, like, normal people on the streets who see your bill and are horrified. Um, so these protests are continuing to happen. People are very angry, um, and we will be... Watching this space, we obviously really support that and your right to protest and the fact that discrimination is not only unconstitutional and morally wrong, but it's just like a very dangerous precedent for India as a supposed secular democracy to um, be putting forth into law. Yeah. Um, and so this is very sad. Really sad. <laughs> I'm super proud of everyone who is so brave to go protest. To make yeah. signs that, I think a lot of the signs I've seen have, like, some, it's very powerful language on yeah. them. The one that we liked, yeah. Tara, is the one that you found. I like <laughs> that one a lot. There's <laughs> a lighter oh, note to add to this lighter heavy note. section. Yeah. There's, like, a Vox article that I saw where there's, like, they have a really big picture of this woman carrying a sign that says, No Muslims equals no biryani. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like it. Yeah. I like it. If you guys know more about this issue than what we've talked about, like, please let us know because I want to be more educated on the matter. Me too, yeah. If you send us articles, that would be really good. Um, Honestly, like, I would love to know what the other side is. Like, what is the rationale other than just, like, Hindutva nonsense? Like, is there, like, like, I don't know. Because they, I mean, there probably isn't, but if you can If someone has another side that's, like, not hateful and discriminatory i would love to hear it yeah let us know (laughs) yeah um yeah okay so that's the that's that's the main that's the main event that's our main segment yeah and yeah it was heavy i mean that's uh, sorry it's heavy yeah okay it wouldn't be a true episode without it and so on a much much lighter note but still like 
It's about racism, guys. Um, <laughs> our hot take this week is, well, in one line, it's Midwestern. <laughs> Midwestern does not mean white farmer. So, as maybe some of you know, thanks, Harris. Harris uh, and I are both Midwestern girls. <laughs> Midwestern gals. Do you identify as such, Tars? I do. I think I would. I think, like, there are things about the Midwest that I really identify with, but I think the reason that I don't identify with the label Midwest is because it's so stereotyped to mean a white farmer. And, like, especially in recent um, political campaigns where people are really targeting the so-called restaurant, but really what they mean is, like, white Midwesterners who voted for Trump. Which is, like... It is not representative of the entire Midwest. And I think it's actually really messed up that I feel like my identity has been taken a little bit from me because that is sort of, like, what the assumption is about. Like, if you think about someone from New York, I feel like you have a lot of nuance about what you think of them. Like, there are the, like, Greenwich people, but there are people who live in Queens. Like, you could be, like, a brown person, say you're from New York, and people would be like, yeah, "Yeah, okay, cool, sure. Or even California. Um, But the Midwest, for some reason... Every time I tell people I'm from the Midwest, they're very like surprised. surprised. And that annoys yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, like, brings along with it a lot of assumptions about how you were raised and what your ideals yes. are and morals yes. and values and stuff. And, but, like, I don't think I identify with a lot of that. <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. It's a lot of... But, like, the thing is, a lot of people don't. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do. Like, there's a very large immigrant population, as you were talking about earlier, in the Midwest. Yeah. Stop taking over the idea of Midwest and, like, making it, generalizing it to that specific Midwest white, maybe farmer. Yeah. There's a lot more of us, and we hear, and we don't have another identity, so don't take this one away (laughs) from us. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's our episode, guys. If you loved, hated, agreed, disagreed with any of it, please email us at thebrownburndown at gmail.com. And as always, uh, we beg that you, we're truly begging now, uh, rate, review, and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts or on SoundCloud, wherever. Bye! Until next time!